WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 1st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A mix of, ready for this, sun and clouds today. We're going to always see peaks of it, but you'll see some sunshine. I mean, it's been so damn depressing. The high today, 46. And then tonight and overnight, showers come in. Steady rain overnight. And then Friday, we go back to clouds. Yeah, with no sun. Uh, we may see some sun over the weekend, Lou, so that's a good thing. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 34 and cloudy in Scarsdale up in Westchester County, 27 and cloudy in Millville down in New Jersey. And it is 34, actually they're saying it's clear skies outside our studios right now. It's dark, so it's hard to tell. But again, maybe a little peak of sunshine today, so that'll be nice. Uh, overnight, we were watching on as the NYPD sent this army of police fanning out to migrant facilities across the city, targeting this explosion of scooters. If you've been in the city recently at all, even if you don't live here, if you've just been here to show up to see a Broadway show or come in for dinner, no doubt that you've seen there's just scooters everywhere and tons of them are owned by these new migrants that have come here from the U.S.-Mexico border. Most of them not registered, don't have, some cases, license plates that are stolen from other uh, legitimate vehicles. So the NYPD Assistant Commissioner, Kaz uh, Daltrey, leading this operation last night, the first order of business they went for were the bikes. They were outside the Rowe Hotel that's on 8th Avenue uh, on the west side, Looking at dozens of bikes without registrations, they started confiscating these bikes. Um, in some cases, these were bikes that were stolen from elsewhere. Immediately, they were all carted away aboard a police flatbed. The commissioner explaining to Eyewitness News last night why they were going after these bikes last night. We had to come here and we had to do our job. We are seeing an uptick on scooter robberies in the city, you know, particularly in Manhattan, South of Manhattan North, where individuals are on scooters, normally two on a scooter, and they're taking your cell phone or they're taking your AirPods, your Beats, your wallet, your purse. So we are seeing a little uptick on that. And we're going to be over-aggressively going after these illegal scooters and um, mopeds that are on our city streets. Yeah, so most of the target overnight was in Hell's Kitchen. Not too far away and maybe not coincidental that at taking place as there's just this growing outrage over the last 24 hours about these group of migrants that attacked two NYPD cops in Times Square over the weekend. There were some more arrests made overnight, but initially the first five people that were arrested for attacking two cops who were trying to break up a fight in Times Square over the weekend, they were all let go. And so uh, the NYPD chief of patrol, John Chell, he was speaking out about this yesterday, saying it's so frustrating to see people who attack cops, especially people who are here illegally, are uh, let go. You want to know why our cops are getting assaulted? There's no consequences. And we must change this. End of story. Yesterday, Governor Hochul suggesting that once they round up this crew that attacked uh, the cops, that they should all be sent packing home to their home countries. We'll see if she follows through with that. So far, at least five people arrested for Saturday's incident. The number is a little fluid. 
because some of these people were let go. Now they're being rearrested. We were told that three cops, or rather three migrants were arrested last night. So we don't know the actual number, but for sure they're scouring the streets looking for him. The cops were kicked and punched when they went to break up a fight involving seven to eight people. One officer suffered minor cuts. The Big Apple, of course, has been dealing with this nonstop surge of migrants from the U.S.-Mexico border, almost daily still coming here aboard buses from Texas. The four that were arrested should be sitting in Rikers right now on bail, should be indicted this week and taken off our streets. Yes, so that's uh, NYPD Chief of Patrol John Chell. Now, the average everyday New Yorker is just as upset as he is. I think that's sad that that you come in this country and that you feel like you can do that to someone. I mean, all authority. So what are they going to do to me? If they see me, they think I got money. So I don't, I don't know. It's a bad situation. That's not right. What if they can beat up on the cops and they can beat up on me too? And they're the ones that's supposed to be texting me. If they did do that and they have them, they'd be processed by the law and then they do their time and then send them back. Yeah, that's a lot of people are saying yesterday is once they round up the screw, they will because there's cameras everywhere and they'll find them is maybe send them home to their home countries. Governor Hochul suggesting that yesterday. We'll see if she follows through with that. Last night was really more yesterday afternoon. The House giving broad bipartisan approval to a $78 billion bill that would expand the child tax credit, restore a set of corporate tax breaks. The bill passing 357 to 70 with mainstream lawmakers in both parties driving the House's first major bipartisan bill of the year to passage. 47 Republicans, 23 Democrats voted against this bill yesterday. On this vote, the yeas are 357, the nays are 70. Two-thirds being in the affirmative, the rules are suspended. The bill is passed, and without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. All right, so it's not a done deal yet. It'll now head to the Senate, although its path is unclear. While it has bipartisan support hurdles such as liberal Democrats who oppose those business tax breaks and some Republicans who have problems with the child tax credit policy, it's not clear it will pass through the Senate. Did you watch this yesterday? Uh, Governor Murphy, the governor of New Jersey, of course, says he will not stand in the way of these new Turnpike and Garden State Parkway toll hikes that take place March 1. Governor Phil Murphy says he won't oppose the toll hikes, which take effect March 1st. This says tolls have gone up three times since 2020. And this bump means another 15 cents per toll on the turnpike translating to an additional $78 for motorists annually, give or take. Garden State Parkway tolls will increase by $0.05, cents, and that amounts to an annual estimated increase of 26 bucks. Of course, approval for the tolls comes just days after NJ Transit announced plans to raise some fares by 15% this summer. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. 78 bucks extra a year. That's, that's a fair amount of money. That'll, you know, that's what it costs now, right? To take a family of four to McDonald's, right? WABC News on 509. Let's go out to Idaho. Tragic night there. Three people killed, nine injured last night. Collapse of a hangar under construction on the grounds of the airport in Boise. Five of those injured in the collapse were being told this morning in critical condition. Boise Fire Department Operations Chief Aaron Hummel says the initial scene was completely chaotic, as you might guess. But as of last night, everyone at the site had been accounted for. Boise Airport operations were not impacted by the collapse. The cause, they just don't know yet. Down to Washington at 509, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg 
apologizing yesterday directly to the parents of children who were harmed by social media during a Senate hearing about online child safety. No one should have to go through the things that your families have, have suffered. So this moment occurred while Republican Senator Josh Howley of Missouri called on Zuckerberg to apologize to the families who were sitting directly behind him. So Zuckerberg stood up, turned around, and addressed the parents. Some of this was off mic because he had turned around and the mics weren't there. This is why we invest so much and are going to continue to make sure that no one has to go through the types of things that your families have had to suffer. Republicans are going after the leaders of the largest social media companies, Senator John Cornyn, he's from Texas, used the hearing to focus his energies on the Chinese-owned TikTok. Under Chinese law, all information accumulated by companies in the People's Republic of China are required to be shared with the Chinese intelligence services. Yeah, that may be true, but boy, everybody's on TikTok. It's really amazing. You you just look at people's phones, you walk by them, they're all watching TikTok. It's no doubt the biggest app now in the world. He says um, he puts Americans' personal information is in jeopardy because of TikTok. On top of that, he says TikTok is allowing Mexican drug cartels to use the site to recruit human smugglers. The hearing comes yesterday amid a move to crack down on social media across the country. You know, here in the city, Mayor Adams declaring it a public health threat to kids. And a lot of people will agree with that. U.S. user data continue to be shared with ByteDance staff owned by a Chinese company. There are criminals who will use your platforms for the sale of drugs, for sex, for extortion. Yes, so, you know, there is one state where they've banned TikTok for a while, Some of these lawmakers in D.C. say maybe we should turn it off. So far, they have not done that. Hackers, meanwhile, linked to the Chinese government, targeting critical U.S. infrastructure. That's what the FBI director, Christopher Wray, telling a congressional committee yesterday. PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure, our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems. He says hackers preparing to wreak havoc, cause real-world harm to Americans. Race testimony came as the Justice Department FBI announced that they disabled a Chinese hacking operation that had infected hundreds of small office and home routers with malware targeting infrastructure. China's hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real-world harm to American citizens and communities if and when China decides the time has come to strike. WABC News Time 512, the White House now identifying the group responsible for the attack in Jordan that killed three American troops over the weekend. The attack in Jordan was uh, was uh, planned, resourced, and facilitated by an umbrella group called the Islamic Resistance in Iraq, uh, which contains uh, multiple groups, including National Security Council spokesman John Kirby there says the administration could pursue what he says is a tiered response in which the U.S. responds with multiple actions over time. President Biden this week had vowed to retaliate for the attack and said that he had decided on a response, which, of course, they have not given away. The president will also travel to Dover tomorrow for Friday's dignified transfer of those three soldiers remain who were killed in Jordan over the weekend. House Speaker Mike Johnson, meanwhile, blaming President Biden for what he calls that continuing catastrophe at the U.S.-Mexican border. Since President Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas assumed office, there have been more than 7 million encounters with illegal aliens 
just at our southern border alone. It was Johnson's first floor speech since becoming House Speaker. He accused the Biden administration of trying to shift blame for the border crisis to Congress. He says Biden has the authority to significantly reduce the record number of border crossings and shut it down right now. In in January, I I took the largest ever congressional delegation down to the southern border. We had 64 members, 64 House Republicans, representing more than half the states in this country. Why? Because now every state is a border state. Moms and dads, brothers and grandmothers, all of us are losing loved ones to a drug that is being smuggled across the border in droves. It's a parent's worst nightmare, of course, burying a child. And sadly, because of our open border, more and more parents are having to experience that unspeakable tragedy. That speech taking place is the state of Texas just pleading with Congress to help stop what Republicans call the invasion that's happening at the U.S. southern border. It is not Texas that is failing to abide by Congress's laws. It is the Biden administration that is failing to abide by by Congress's laws. State's Assistant Attorney General there, Brent Webster, using uh, hearing this week to assert Texas authority over the border. That was challenged by Democrats who repeatedly showed the that immigration is a federal issue. Uh, states argue, though, that they need the power to fix what's wrong if the federal authorities don't do so. Allowing aliens to enter by illegally crossing the Rio Grande into Texas will create a perverse incentive to enter at an unlawful rather than lawful location. The Biden administration refuses to exercise its power to deny entry, which predictably results in more and more individuals illegally crossing the border. President responding to all those congressional hearings in Washington yesterday. We'll get into that in just a moment. But first, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC sports desk, which has been in Jerusalem all week. And here's Justin Alec. Thank you, Noah Millennial. We'll start here on the hardwood in the NBA last night. Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns dominated the Nets and KD's return to Brooklyn, skipping town after a 136 to 120 victory over the Nets. Durant poured in 33 points to lead the Suns to the win and added eight assists in his first game in Brooklyn since being traded to Phoenix nearly a year ago. He got a mixed reception early before leaving Nets fans a little to cheer about with 11 points in the third quarter when the Suns outscored the Nets 42 to 26 after leading by uh, three at halftime. I'm just going to pull a pen out of my mouth there. Uh, Durant's return earned the game. <laughs> I can only guess who put it there. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, it just kind of fell out of the out of uh, thin air, appeared, and um, found its way into my uh, mouth. You know, so it's better than his finger in your mouth. I'd well, that's true. Yeah. That's, that's true. <laughs> at least I know where these pens have been. Right. So. <laughs> Durant's return earned the game a national TV slot down, but that uh, wasn't a much of a contest in the second half. The Suns with Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. They're trying to build a title contender while the Nets, who not long ago had their own big three in Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, are 19-28 and and well outside of playoff position. Cam Thomas scored 25 points for the Nets, who had won two straight games. Mikel Bridges, who came to the Nets in the Durant trade, had 21, and Lonnie Walker added 19. Tonight, the Red Hot Knicks return to the floor, going for their ninth straight win when they welcome in the Indiana Pacers for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off and a head coaching hire to get to out of the NFL here with news coming yesterday that the Seattle Seahawks have hired Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their next head coach. McDonald is receiving a six-year contract, sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. That is Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Ellick, now uh, with no pens in my mouth, on 77 <laughs> W.
ABC. That's a good thing. All right. Thank you, Justin. WABC News Time 519. President Biden's brother going to sit down for a closed door interview with lawmakers as Republicans press forward with their impeachment inquiry into the president. James Biden agreed to meet with members of the House Oversight, Judiciary and Ways and Means Committee on February 21st. This comes after the committee's recently locked in a deposition with Hunter Biden on February 28th. Republicans are investigating allegations the president was involved in his family's business ventures and abused his political influence while vice president. The interview of James Biden is expected to focus on two loans the president made to his brother and various business deals. I'm Brian Shook. Some trouble for the president in a new poll ahead of the race for the White House, falling out of favor with minority voters. A new poll done in Texas shows President Trump holds a slim six-point lead among Hispanics today. While Biden handily defeated Trump among Latinos back in 2020, now they're effectively tied with Trump having a slight advantage. That's pollster Mark Jones, who ran the poll for the University of Houston. He says the president losing Latino support, especially in those border towns where the state's push to stop illegal immigration is pretty popular. Trump has a core support of Latino support that is very enthusiastic about the former president. Yes. So uh, he says doesn't know what exactly that'll mean come November. But right now, not so great for the president. Sixty percent support the governor's efforts down at the border in terms of border security. Let's head over to South Carolina while we're on the campaign trail. Nikki Haley targeting President Biden and former President Trump in a grumpy old men spoof. She's using the 1993 movie about two elderly neighbors to highlight the ages of 77 year old Trump and 81 year old Biden. When you see them hit a certain age. You, there is a decline. That's a fact. Ask any doctor. There is a decline. The 52-year-old Haley needs the South Carolina primary to help save her campaign. It's the state where, of course, she served as governor. Trump has maintained a double-digit lead for months and is on track to take the state. We can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. South we Car- can't. South Carolina primary is February 24th. Over to Ohio at 521, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost working with state lawmakers now in a measure that would approve nitrogen hypoxia for execution there. We're neither taking responsibility for the judgment, nor taking responsibility for, if it proves that way, our preference to avoid the unpleasant nature of this debate. So this comes after Alabama last week became the first state to use the method to carry out a death sentence, administering pure nitrogen gas to inmate Kenneth Smith until his body was deprived of oxygen and he died. Apparently, from the time they closed the curtains last week till they reopened them to this gallery where some people were allowed to view the execution, it was 22 minutes. Uh, the state of Ohio has nearly 120 inmates on death row, but no executions have happened in Ohio since 2018. Existing duly enacted capital punishment should be carried out to give the victims' families the justice and finality that they deserve. Republican Governor Mike DeWine has issued several reprieves, uh, citing ongoing legality and a lack of availability of approved lethal injection drugs. They say now with this new method, they could go forward with some of these executions. Down to Texas, where last year was a record year for Texas oil and gas industry. The biggest gainer was natural gas production. October eclipsed 1 trillion cubic feet in a single month. 
for the first time ever. Yeah, that's huge. Todd Staples, who heads the Texas Oil and Gas Association, says that's accounted for one-third of all U.S. production. The state's energy industry paid more than $26 billion in state and local taxes last year. Accounting for nearly 30% of U.S. production. Yeah. All right. While we're in Texas, the fate of a new Texas law, which bans transgender health care for kids, it's now in the hands of the state Supreme Court. A group of families are suing, saying they have the right to make the medical decisions for their family. We should not have the government injecting themselves into the living room of those medical decisions based on science and recommendations of their doctors. That's Paul Castillo. He's with the firm Lambda Legal. The Texas Attorney General's office defended the new law this week, saying there's a long history of the state regulating medicine. And doctors, they say they do not have the constitutional right to perform general transitional procedures on children unless the government tells them they can. We have the legislature interfering on medical decisions that parents make in consultation with doctors. Every major medical association supports the standards of care that alleviate the distress that transgender youth experience. Castillo with the Lambda Legal says the state's trying to ban something that's medically necessary. 524, the presence of screens in everyday life putting people at a higher risk of eye problems, which I shouldn't be totally shocking, and it's costing Americans billions of dollars a year. Almost 70% of people working office jobs spend upwards of seven hours a day watching screens. This is according to a new report by the Deloitte Economics Institute. Symptoms of excessive screen time are costing the U.S. $73 billion per year. Digital eye strain causes symptoms like neck and back pain, blurred vision and headaches. Regular visits to an eye doctor using eye drops and wearing appropriate glasses can help manage symptoms of excessive screen time. Folks could save as much as $1,900 per person by seeing an optometrist and managing their symptoms. Hmm, All right. The uh, Fed holding interest rates steady as consumer confidence improves, inflation slows. Fed Chair Jerome Powell speaking out after the announcement that was made yesterday. Today, the FOMC decided to leave our policy interest rate unchanged and to continue to reduce our securities holdings. He says inflation is still too high, path forward uncertain. The Fed is aiming to bring inflation down to 2%. My colleagues and I remain squarely focused on our dual mandate to promote maximum employment and stable prices for the American people. The economy has made good progress toward our dual mandate objectives. Inflation has eased from its highs without a significant increase in unemployment. That's very good news. But inflation is still too high. Ongoing progress in bringing it down is not assured. And the path forward is uncertain. The Fed will meet again come March. A Delta pilot suing a company after his foot got caught in one of those moving walkways at the Denver International Airport. Ken Gao and his attorney say he suffered severe injuries, missed roughly two weeks of work because of an open slot at the end of the walkway that hadn't been repaired. Mr. Gao wants to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else and just wants this elevator company to to take some responsibility and accountability for for what happened. This is one of these videos that's gone viral. Maybe you've seen it. I mean, it's kind of hard to watch. He gets uh, his sock and his shoe gets chewed up in this missing comb plate, as it's called. I think it just depends on what DIA knew and when they knew it. But um, I think without question, the the bulk of the responsibility falls on on the TK elevator company. Yeah, I bet he gets a big payday. Alec Baldwin pleading not guilty to a shooting charge on the Rust movie set back in 2021. Baldwin pled not guilty to a charge of involuntary manslaughter in 
the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins, who was fatally shot during filming on the New Mexico set. Hutchins died after Baldwin was involved in a rehearsal where the gun he was using fired with a real bullet. Initial charges were dropped after Baldwin's lawyers maintained he never actually pulled the trigger. Baldwin was indicted by a grand jury on the latest charge on January 19th. I'm Brian Shook. The Fed, as we told you, did not raise interest rates, leaving them right where they are. So what did Wall Street, how did they respond? They never really understand how this works because Wall Street stocks close sharply lower. You would think they might go up. But the closing bell, the Dow fell 317 points. S&P 500 dropped 79 points. The Nasdaq dipped 345 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yes, that's me. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 1st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center could see some peaks of sun today. Finally, it's been so damn depressing, but actually it's going to be a mostly cloudy day, to be truthful. The high, 46. Tonight and overnight, showers, steady rain overnight. And then Friday, we go back to this weather pattern. Cloudy, high 45. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 34 cloudy in Scarsdale up in Westchester County. 27 and cloudy in Millville down in New Jersey. And right now, anyway, it's 33 and clear outside our Midtown studios right here in Midtown. I keep forgetting to tell you this and thank you is we got our ratings for the news hour it was a while back but i keep forgetting to mention this and uh they were mammoth numbers i mean and the coolest part so thank you so much for listening is that we're kicking 1010 wins uh wcbs these all new stations that have full-on staffs we kick their butts i mean it's not even close in the five o'clock hour uh same with the fan any of these talk stations that generate spoken word we're kicking their butt i mean like nobody's business. So thank you. That's very cool. And uh, while they have teams of people doing the show, <laughs> you're stuck with just one person, me. So thank you very much, by the way. All right. We'll start with what is just a god awful story out of Long Island. More than 50 victims have now come forward to accuse a former third grade teacher on Long Island of sex abuse over several decades. It's Thomas Bernagosi. He's 76 years old. He's been retired for a while, but student after student continues to come forward to say they were abused by him. The former Bayshore Elementary School teacher pled not guilty yesterday to sexually abusing two former students. Prosecutors alleged in court that the Bayshore School District knew about it and turned a blind eye. Officials say that 11 new victims have come forward just since he was arrested last month, which is on top of the 45 lawsuits that came under the New York State Child Victims Act. Neighbors, his Thomas Bernagosi's neighbors, say they're shocked to hear all this. Very surprised, shocked that this was happening. Quite honestly, it makes me feel very sad because as shocking and disturbing as it is, um, the reality is that it's probably 
more common than we realize. Bernagozzi retired from teaching in 2003. He taught the third grade from 1970 to 2000. Prosecutors say it was during that time at Gardner Manor Elementary and Mary Clarkson Elementary when the sex assaults took place. The victims' ages at the time ranged in age from four to eight years old. Robert Hubbard, he was one of the kids. He filed one of those 45 civil lawsuits. He says he was a student of Bernagozzi's all the way back in 1976, and he says he's not forgotten what has happened to him. Sit me on his lap, wet his hands, and uh, he would fondle me and do other things. Like I said, I don't really want to get into what he did. Prosecutors say Bernagozzi took students, mostly boys, to a local private gym to the beach. They say photos of hundreds of students were found inside his home. Bernagozzi arrested on $600,000 bond. His attorney says he'll post it. He's due back in court in March. If convicted, he faces up to 25 years on each charge. We go from that sad story to what is even a sadder one out of Passaic County. You remember last week we told you about how Passaic County Sheriff Richard Burdnick shot himself to death inside a Clifton restaurant. Yesterday was the funeral for the sheriff. He was get he got full honors. I mean, police officers came from all over the state. Governor Phil Murphy was in attendance. Hundreds of fellow cops were there to say goodbye to Birdnick at the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist in Patterson. The funeral held at the same cathedral where the sheriff's own grandson was baptized last year. At the funeral, the pastor who knew Birdnick well addressed the suicide trying to find any kind of comforting words for his family when someone has taken his life those who have loved him most dearly can be most angry and confused for as we read in the catechism of the catholic church monica we should not despair the church prays for persons who've taken their own life suicides have gone up 30 percent in the last 10 years Are we courageous enough to do something with our justified anger? Birdnick leaves behind his wife, Monica, four adult children, five grandchildren. Law enforcement officers, political leaders from around New Jersey came to pay their respects. It's been kind of challenging uh, throughout the state. Um, The Sheriff's Association has uh, really took a a big hit with this one. It's huge loss. We were just saying, you know, that this is a a hole or a wound that's not going to heal soon. Today was beautiful, and I hope it's the beginning of an opportunity to heal. Yeah, so if you or anyone you know is having thoughts of suicide, it's there's people there 24-7 to help you out. Just dial 988. 988, you dial the number, somebody will answer the phone, or you can text them either way, and someone will get back to you right away. WABC News Time 539, a group of New York City public school students and teachers speaking out yesterday outside City Hall saying anti-Semitism inside New York City public schools has gotten really bad, especially since the war began between Hamas and Israel. They want answers and help from the Chancellor David Banks. They claim he's failing to tackle this increase in anti-Semitism in school. Shana, she's one of the students who showed up to this rally. She says she's sadly gotten used to the attacks on her for being Jewish. I was giving a presentation and people were throwing coins at me, calling me a dirty Jew. The administration, which is supposed to be protecting us, is doing nothing about it. She was part of this group of parents who are part of the New York City Public School Alliance. 
they've created this group to help with this uptick in anti-Semitism. This woman, Tova, leading the group, she says she hears daily from parents and students within the New York City public school system who claim their kids are ostracized for being Jewish. They're often not followed up, or if they're followed up, there's brushed under the rug. There is not a day go that goes by where we don't get at least two or three calls from teachers, educators, students, parents, families. I will point out last week, the Chancellor Banks unveiled this uh, comprehensive plan to combat anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, other forms of hate in the school. He says it won't be tolerated. No member of our school community should ever, ever feel in danger or attacked. Banks says there's zero tolerance for bigotry or hate in the school system. But this group anyway says they're not getting the feedback they want from the school's chancellor. NYPD cops searching for the gunman who fatally shot a man in Crown Heights last night. Actually, this bustling part of Crown Heights, which is awfully frightening. Union Street, Utica Avenue. This was about six last night. Connected to some sort of shopping that was going on inside of one of these illegal pot shops. This 23-year-old hit with multiple shots, all wounds all over his body. He was taken to Kings County Hospital where he was pronounced dead. These cannabis shops have become extremely problematic. We just had one uh, tonight, a uh, dispute inside one of the cannabis shops, shops and um, someone was shot and looked like uh, they may uh, lose their life over uh, what's happening in these shots. That's the mayor who happened to be not too far away in Brownsville, Brooklyn, last night, holding one of his community meetings, detailing what exactly took place there. We don't know, uh, have an idea of the person who was shot killed but we are told that he was targeted the gunman unfortunately has gotten away had a shocking moment up in the hudson valley where it's normally quiet when it comes to gunfire a 56 year old woman shot in rockland county yesterday morning has passed away the shooting happened in hillcrest around 9 a.m Police were on the scene for hours conducting investigations, collecting evidence, taking photos of the area. Neighbors said they heard the gunfire, but they didn't believe it was gunfire because it's not something that happens in their community. I didn't know what it was. I saw two, like one, it was like boom, boom. And then a minute later, it was the third one. And I didn't know. I kind of crossed my mind. I said, it might be a gunshot, but this is very quiet here. It never happened. So during this investigation, they identified right away who the gunman was. They were able to identify the car that he was driving in. They sent alert out to police all across the tri-state. That car was found in Stanford, Connecticut. It is police uh, surrounded the car. The gunman who uh, allegedly had killed this 56-year-old woman took a gun, uh, maybe the same one, and put it at his head and shot himself, killed himself. Uh, so we don't know the relation between this 53-year-old shooter and the 56-year-old woman. Police haven't confirmed what the relationship was, but the thought is that the two knew each other. 543, NYPD Commissioner Eddie Caban says the state of the NYPD is strong. He gave a state of the NYPD address yesterday, Cipriani's, after the New York City Council did that veto of the controversial uh, policing bill, the one that's going to force cops to record every single interaction they have with the public, uh, even if it has not anything to do with someone suspected of a crime. So he makes this address after that, and he talks, he says, look, the NYPD is doing a great job, and he says New Yorkers need to support them. A leader who understands the issues, who wore the gun and shield, 
and who gives us the support we need to do our jobs. We have seen that commitment time and time again, especially over the past few weeks. There he was uh, thanking the mayor for taking the side of police in that battle with city council. Department heads touting a 12 percent decrease in homicides last year compared to 2022, adding overall crime was down to the use of technology and increased patrols. One in Bogota and one in Tucson. These posts will help the... Oh, so here they're talking about the fact that uh, the police are putting people in other countries to monitor terrorism, to uh, find out how they uh, do their policing. One in Bogota and one in Tucson. These posts will help the NYPD address the myriad issues that are coming across our southern border, from guns to drugs to people. And the NYPD Transportation Chief, uh, Michael Kepner, he was there last night talking about a spike in subway crime that has leveled off recently. And ultimately reversed the trend with a 2.6% crime reduction just last year. In 2023... We averaged only six major crimes per day in the entire subway system. So this state, essentially State of the Union address from the NYPD coming as those migrants jump those police officers in Times Square. No doubt you've seen this viral video of that. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But first, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noah Mullen. Start here on the hardwood in the NBA last night. Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns dominated the Nets and KD's return to Brooklyn. Skipping town after a 136-120 victory over the Nets. Durant poured in 33 points to lead the Suns to the win and added eight assists in the first game in Brooklyn since being traded to Phoenix nearly a year ago. He got a mixed reception early before leaving Nets fans little to cheer about with 11 points in the third quarter when the Suns outscored the Nets 42-26 after leading by three at halftime. Durant's return earned uh, the game a national TV slot, but it wasn't much of a contest in the second half. The Suns... With Durant, Booker, and Bradley Beal are trying to build a title contender. While the Nets, who not long ago had their own big three with Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, are 19-28 and and well outside of playoff position. Cam Thomas scored 25 points for the Nets, who had won two straight games. Mikhail Bridges, who came to the Nets in in that Durant trade, had 21, and Lonnie Walker added 19. Tonight, the red-hot Knicks return to the floor, going for their ninth straight win when they welcome in the Indiana Pacers for a 7.30 p.m. Tip-off and head coaching hire to get to out of the NFL with news coming yesterday that the Seattle Seahawks have hired Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their next head coach. McDonald is receiving a six-year contract, sources told ESPN. That's Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Ellis on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 549. I was talking about the ratings before and how well we did. I want to point out, because I realize I said it's a team of one, but truly it's a team of three people. And I when I see team of one, I really meant everybody. Joe Nolan's a freaking amazing. Justin Alec is unbelievable. It's a team of three that is kicking butt, not a team of one. I, I was thinking team of one because I write all this content, but those guys do an, an amazing job with traffic and sports. So just wanted to correct that what i said at the bottom of the hour i want to catch you up on some of the big stories of the morning a army of cops fanning out at migrant facilities throughout the city last night targeting this problem that has exploded in recent months these unregistered scooters no doubt if you've come into the city for dinner if you're coming here for work going to see a broadway show you've seen these scooters 
everywhere. A fair amount of them are migrants who have bought these scooters, in some cases stolen them, in some cases stolen license plates from other scooters, most of them unregistered. So last night, NYPD cops fanning out to take these bikes back, confiscating them. Uh, here they were last night. We had to come here and we had to do our job. We are seeing an uptick on scooter robberies in the city, you know, particularly in Manhattan, South Manhattan, North, where individuals are on scooters, normally two on a scooter, and they're taking your cell phone or they're taking your AirPods, your Beats, your wallet, your purse. So we are seeing a little uptick on that. And we're going to be over aggressively going after these illegal scooters and um, mopeds that are on our city streets. That's the NYPD Assistant Commissioner Kaz Daughtry. Uh, he led this team of cops who scoured the area, especially around the Rowe Hotel, which is one of those migrant centers in Hell's Kitchen. They inspected more of those bikes, which have been involved in a growing number of robberies and their focus of police citywide for weeks. So some of those bikes were confiscated uh, last night. That taking place, maybe not coincidentally, just days after two NYPD cops were attacked by a group of migrants in Times Square. There is growing outrage that this group is out on the streets. Now, some of them were rearrested last night, but when five of them were initially arrested, they were let go. So NYPD Chief of Patrol John Shell talking about his frustration with the fact that these guys who attacked cops are not behind bars. You want to know why our cops are getting assaulted? There's no consequences. And we must change this. End of story. So if you didn't see this viral video, the cops were kicked and punched. They had gone to break up a fight involving seven to eight migrants. One of the officers suffered minor cuts. The uh, Big Apple's just been dealing with this nonstop surge of immigrant arrivals. The four that were arrested should be sitting in Rikers right now on bail. Should be indicted this week and taken off our streets. And it's not just the NYPD that's outraged. It's really everyday New Yorkers who say this is crazy. I think that's sad that, that you come in this country and that you feel like you can do that to someone. I mean, of authority. So what are they going to do to me? If they see me, they think I got money. So I don't, I don't know. It's a bad situation. Governor Hochul suggesting yesterday that these crew of people, which they'll all be eventually rounded up, they'll find them all, should be sent packing home to their home countries. And a lot of New Yorkers agree with that. That's not right. What If they can beat up on the cops, they can beat up on me too. And they're the ones that are supposed to be texting me. If they did do that and they have them, They'd be processed by the law, and then they do their time, and then send them back. We'll have to see if Governor Hochul follows through on that. Down in Washington yesterday, the House giving broad bipartisan approval to a $78 billion bill that would expand the child tax credit, restore a set of corporate tax breaks. The bill passed 357 to 70, with mainstream lawmakers in both parties driving the House's first major bipartisan bill of the year to passage. 47 Republicans, 23 Democrats did vote against this bill yesterday. On this vote, the yeas are 357. The nays are 70, two-thirds being in the affirmative. The rules are suspended. The bill is passed, and without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. So it now heads to the Senate, although the path there is unclear. While it has bipartisan support, hurdles such as liberal Democrats who are opposed to that business tax break and some Republicans opposed to the child tax policy, credit policy, say they'll vote against it. It needs 60 votes to pass in the Democratic-led Senate. Yesterday, Governor Murphy telling New Jersey folks that he's not getting the way 
of another t- uh, toll hike on the New Jersey Turnpike and the Garden State Parkway. Governor Phil Murphy says he won't oppose the toll hikes, which take effect March 1st. This says tolls have gone up three times since 2020. And this bump means another 15 cents per toll on the turnpike, translating to an additional $78 for motorists annually, give or take. Garden State Parkway tolls will increase by 5 cents, and that amounts to an annual estimated increase of 26 bucks. Of course, approval for the tolls comes just days after NJ Transit announced plans to raise some fares by 15% this summer. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. Let's go up to the Hudson Valley Feral cats have taken over a community lake osiris or osiris rather it's in montgomery and apparently it's becoming a public health threat that according to all these neighbors who say these cats were bad pre-pandemic but post-pandemic the population is like tripled and they're all over their front yards doing their business and they're asking local lawmakers to come in and collect these cats so far nobody has come to their rescue the front of my by my dock and they're all over there and there's nothing i can do this is the back porch kept coming and pooping and peeing in my yard here he is he's right there he's one of the cats curtis Lewa, who's here this morning to do his hit at 710 with uh, sid rosenberg just told me that he'll take these cats but he doesn't understand there's hundreds of them state assemblyman brian mayer says feral cat colonies have become problems elsewhere in his district and uh in the hudson valley and he's trying to find solution that his neighbors say it just they say it's kind of disgusting he used to sleep they used to sleep right at my door save the cats Save the birds, save the wildlife, save the humans. Come on, guys. Yeah, she says she just wants some help from local lawmakers. And we'll end with this story. A New York City crossing guard receiving special acknowledgement for all the hard work and dedication to helping kids in her neighborhood. Maggie Poston, she's 90 years old. She's celebrating 45 years on the job as a crossing guard in Park Slope, helping the kids of PS 282 safely cross the street since 1978. Okay. Happy 90th birthday. You are an inspiration to all New Yorkers. That's some NYPD cops who uh, yesterday congratulated her on her hard work and in turning 90. The longstanding crossing guard was surprised with flowers to celebrate her service and 90th birthday. The principal of PS 282 says Maggie saves lives every single day. And in fact, she says one day that she was off was the one day someone got hit by a car. We had one child hit by a car and she wasn't here. And we haven't had any other children hit by a car because she makes sure that everyone stops. That's a pretty incredible record. So she's 90. Is she going to quit anytime soon? She's, uh, anytime soon? She says no. How do you do it all these years later? Oh, well, well, God, he with me. He take care of me. He wakes me up on time. I don't need a clock. Yeah, okay, so she says no retirement in the future for her.